What's up, cool cats and cuties? This is the Promenade Merchants Podcast, a Star Trek podcast out on the frontier. So sit down and grab a rock to Gino as David Majors and Heather Kirby talk all things Star Trek. Old, new, and what's to come. The Promenade Merchants are open for business. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Promenade Merchants Podcast, the independent Star Trek podcast of the cool, scrappy underdogs across all quadrants. I'm David Majors. I am in, I am joined by my intrepid co-host, Miss Heather Kirby. What's up, Heather? What is up, David? And I got to ask, because, I mean, we're, we're going to be talking about it later in new business, but do you still not care for Jank and Pog? <laughs> Insert the Lucille Bluth glue gif here. Okay. I don't I, care. I, don't, <laughs> I don't actively dislike Jenkin Pog anymore. You see, but, and that's the first steps to truly learning to love someone. Mm-hmm. It, it it will be a long road getting from here to there. I'll say that much. <laughs> Merchants that third voice you hear, as we do with every fifth episode of the podcast, is a guest for this episode, and it is none other than one of the fantastic voices you will hear over at the strange new pod, Miss Brittany Tomes. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us. Woo, thanks for having me. It is an absolute pleasure and as i told Brittany right before the show i'll let the listeners know this is your warning puns are in play the promenade merchants podcast is a pun safe space that is your warning no now, one's safe from the punishment th- this is this is a deep deep pungent everybody and, and, and it will go deep. Now, for new listeners of the podcast, we kind of do this in three segments where it's old business, new business, and upcoming business. And we're going to start with the old business, which covers pretty much everything from the cage to the Kelvin movies and everything in between. So we're going to go around the horn a little bit. And this is one that I thought of with Star Trek Prodigy uh, coming to a conclusion with the first half of its first season. Uh, Thanks to the Diviner and Star Trek Prodigy, uh, we have a new sensation that is sweeping Trekkies everywhere. Uh, We saw the protostar being taken over by the diviner and the hologram Janeway was reprogrammed to be evil and dark and what was named goth Janeway. (laughs) Now we're going to go around the horn. Uh, Heather, I'll start with you. Uh, If there is a character in the star Trek franchise that you'd like to see, get a dark makeover and, and turn evil as it were, who would it be for you? Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to hate my answer. <laughs> I hope it's the same as mine. <laughs> Even better. Even so, better. Um, I, I mean, we've seen many of mirror universe or evil characters throughout the Star Trek universe. And the one thing they kind of all have in common is that they're not really that far different from their prime universe counterpart counterpoints they just have like all their qualities notched it up to like a level 20 instead of a normal level which kind of makes them a bit crazy and evil 
Uh, <laughs> so when I was pondering this question, I thought of the one character who I love, who in the Prime Universe is already at like an 11. So picturing her as dark or evil means she's going to be at like a 100. <laughs> and I can't even imagine it, which is why I would want to see it. And that would be Loxana Troy. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> that's an interesting choice. Yes, just uh, open the whole door there. Yeah. One of my <clears throat> favorite characters in Star Trek, <laughs> Luxana Troy. Um, yeah, that'd be really interesting, especially on the Enterprise. Uh, what would be the Enterprise in like the Mirror Universe, or an or an evil Luxana Troy that's just out to cause havoc. For I feel like if she was evil, she'd be the destroyer of worlds. Hey. <laughs> hey, yes. Or she'd just be like, you know, hitting on everybody again, hitting on Picard. Oh, that 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 episode <laughs> like, of Deep I'm, Space Nine was a was a hot mess. Yeah. C- yeah. Can you imagine, like, if you were to cross that episode of Deep Space Nine where she was on the station and everyone started fa- falling in love and-, and all of those heightened emotions? I think it was called Infatuation or something, that episode. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, can you imagine an episode like that in the universe, uh, in the Mirror Universe? <laughs> oh. hey, I'm just imagining Mirror Odo trying to like run away from her affections you know <laughs> does he still turn into a puddle we don't know uh yeah uh, like i said i i'm not sure if i can even my brain can fully comprehend like how evil she would be if she was truly evil so uh, th- that's why she had to be my answer to that question because i want to see it <laughs> i want to see it that's so a I great can choice comprehend it. that that's as good a reason as any um Brittany, if you had a character in Star Trek that you would like to see dark or evil or be an evil mirror universe Terran, who would it be? This was the easiest decision I've ever made in my life. I chose Neelix. Because you see, I'm one of those people, I watched Voyager and I don't really have a problem with Neelix. Yeah, he can be a little extra at times, but I felt like, honestly, he had more character growth than poor Harry Kim got by the end. So I liked his send off, but... Man, do I want to see what Neelix would be like in the Mirrorverse, because unhinged. It has to be unhinged. I absolutely love that answer, because I'm pretty much cool with Neelix, too. It it might be just you and me against everybody on that one, Brittany, in in that we we don't dislike Neelix in Voyager so much. I I only watched Voyager within the last uh, year or two, and I think so many people complain about Neelix to me that going into it, I thought he was going to be like such a bad character, but I was like, no, he he means well. He just sometimes is a little too much, but like he grows, (laughs) he gets better, and... I mean, significantly, even two things. I think that's a great episode. Yeah, I I agree. And I I don't know. I never had a problem with Neelix. And I watched Voyager in its first run and I've gone back to it several times. Uh, I think the idea of the overeager, excitable Neelix in the mirror universe, he would probably be like the most genocidal maniac there is yeah which would say a lot considering his background like yeah yeah i feel like he would end up being like this this little tyrant like that you just you wouldn't want him to be but for some 
weird alternate reason, like maybe his people, instead of being completely wiped out, it's the other way around where they preemptively wipe out the other group of people before they're killed. So, yeah. And ironically, everyone would love his cooking. Yes, everyone would. <laughs> I mean, he, the, the crew needed his cooking. Yeah, yeah. He would be a tyrannical dictator and an excellent chef. You know what? That, he that would, make would good be coffee. Neelix. He would yes. make good coffee. Yes. yes. He would yes. specifically bring Jane my coffee and she'd be like, amazing. It's perfect. Uh, mine is actually related to that one. Uh, and Ooh. mine would be another character from Star Trek Voyager, Mr. Vulcan, Lieutenant it, Commander Tuvok. I just thought of Tuvok, too. I was like, I hope it's Tuvok. <laughs> it is Tuvok. Yes, it is. Oh, Tuvok would be uh, amazing in a mirrorverse. I always liked seeing Vulcans in the mirror universe uh, using their logical mindset to conquer and destroy and, and what have you. And Tuvok has always been my favorite Vulcan. And the the idea of Tuvok being in the Terran Empire probably just as like this ruthless intelligence agent that just spies on everyone and is like an assassin would be really really great like he'd probably assassinate mirror neelix because i guarantee in any universe tuvok would not like neelix at all i feel like he would also maybe have a music career and he could be tuvok shakur but (laughs) nice that's just hoping that's hoping for a good pun nicely done nicely done you love to hear it Okay, see, now everyone out there, uh, let us know if you've got a Star Trek character that has not had a mirror universe inversion, let us know. Send us an email at promenadetrekpod at gmail.com. We're having fun. Tweet at us at promtrekpod on the Twitter Twitter. Give us your mirror universe character fanfic. And, and, and I'm sure Heather would probably read it. I might. I might. Who knows? Uh, But yeah, let us know. Let us know who you'd want to see turn evil and turn dark. And now we'll move on to new business. We we move along pretty quickly, Heather. This is this is a fairly in and out podcast, Heather. We we have a we have a drink. We might have something to eat, and then we're out. So we're going to move on to new business. How many drinks have you had already? Because you keep calling Brittany Heather. Oh, I thought he was just talking to you. <laughs> I, I, I will neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> Dang, I was just, that. I was really drawn in. I was like, yeah, that's right, Heather. You do do that. <laughs> so we'll move on to new business. Star Trek Prodigy has finished its 10th episode. The, the first half of season one is in the can. 10 episodes. I will say. I know I've expressed some fairly strong opinions. Brittany, mm-hmm. now that we're 10 episodes through Star Trek Prodigy, what did you think? I love it. Um, <coughs> I, I'm someone who loves animation to begin with. So I think going in, like I, I didn't really have any expectations for it other than being excited. Like, ooh, Janeway's going to show up in it. And it's going to like tie into Voyager in some ways. Um, but I, I will say I wasn't prepared for the the narrative depth of the show, um, like how well the the writer's room has done with specific themes in these characters, uh, since it was specifically geared towards a younger audience. Um, 
I mean, there are many shows where they end up going into deeper themes, regardless of age. You know, some of the best animation is that way. Um, but right off the bat, it was a, a little darker than I uh, like thought they were going to go. But I still, I, I've liked the show all the way. There's been some episodes that are stronger than others, but I will say the back half of the first half of the show, so like episodes five through ten, have been really good for me. Like I've I've enjoyed them all, and uh, I've grown to love these characters as a little crew. Uh, I love their little found family, and I think the character growth has been phenomenal. Um, some of the people on my podcast were a little iffy on certain characters at the beginning, but um, and I understand that there were some characters I definitely preferred to others, but. I could tell where it oh, was Oh, which going. ones? Which ones? <laughs> well, I mean, like, Jankum Pog, at first, you know, he's just, like, the goofy joke guy. But, like, I understood the tropes they were doing, and that later on the show, they would basically make everyone counter the tropes that they're under. So, um, he's still not my favorite, but I was someone who, from the beginning, understood the trajectory of, like, Doll, for example, and was like, please don't be mean to Doll, like... I've taught kids like this, you know, that kids like this actually exist where they, they just need that that little push to become a little greater. They need that sort of acknowledgement and they're just looking for that, for someone to pay attention to them, for someone to basically guide them. So overall, I think the writing, acting, animation has been gorgeous. I'm not going to say it's like a, the most perfect show that's ever happened, but I love the little different sci-fi nods they do to other series and shows. It's It's pretty great. Let me ask you, Brittany um after when I was done with episode 10 I really had to sit back and think about the first season and you mentioned the callbacks and the influences from other shows and maybe it's just me but instead of Voyager I came out of Star Trek Prodigy thinking that the show that influenced it the most Star Trek Discovery I felt like in terms of storytelling and character development and character growth and the way it told a story from beginning to end in its first season, this felt like the show that was most influenced by modern Star Trek so far. It's uh, I'm really seeing the Discovery influence in Prodigy. I mean, I'll agree with that. I, I still think that Prodigy for sure is like the spiritual successor to Voyager especially by the end of the this last episode, you see that, like, where it is picking up. They're another found family crew. They're on their own in space. They don't have the Federation to rely on right now. The best they have is Janeway and what she knows of the Federation. So there's a lot of that that very directly connects to Voyager, and I think it's just going to get stronger as we go on because we still have the second half of season one uh, that we're going to see later this year in, in another, you know, two chunks. But I will agree that the narrative structure is a lot more like the new Trek shows because, um, you know, they have those overarching, like, stories that happen per season, whereas, you know, the shows that happened in the 90s and stuff, they they had some episodes that did fit certain arcs, but certain ones were standalone episodic. They didn't always have things that, you know, consistently continued into another episode. You know, somebody something horrible happens to someone and then the next day they're fine versus, you know, now we actually have trauma that continues through episodes. Certain, like, learning arcs especially because once again this is for kids and these kids are learning all about Starfleet so um yeah I will agree that it, it has a lot of the same structure and pull as the new new Trek shows have been um but I, I still do feel like at its heart it's Voyager do you think we'll see the Kazon in Star Trek Prodigy I mean 
I feel like they're going to just make everything show up eventually in Prodigy. They, they're doing that thing that all the new Trek shows are doing where they're... It's really well done. They're, they just fill in these these little bits of, like, lore, or they make the rest of the timeline, like, kind of make sense, and they fill in those gaps. So, I don't know. We could see anything. I wouldn't really put it past them to, to not show us anything. I will say that I'm looking forward to it more than I thought I would be at the beginning. Uh, because at the first part of Star Trek Prodigy, and, and Heather, you know this, the first few episodes, I was not as high on Prodigy as you were, Heather. But a- after about episode five, I, I really mm-hmm. came around. And Heather, you you kind of guided me on this. So I, I would love to know how you felt about all of all of these episodes so far now. Well, I mean, I think as a whole, it's really come together as a show throughout these 10 episodes. I, I, I mean, you really start by learning individually about each of these characters and they've grown as a, a crew and a family throughout these 10 episodes. And so you've grown with them and you've grown to love them and appreciate them for all their uh, faults and, and uh, I can't think of the right word. You, you've grown to love them along the way. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's something that, that grows with you. And I think that's a really that that's a quality of Star Trek in general that it, it, but it comes across very well in a kid's show like this, because that's part of like really reeling the kids in is letting them get to know what's going on and then having them grow and appreciate these characters along the way. And I love how they have introduced bits and pieces of the larger Star Trek universe as a whole, but they've done it in a way where they're introducing it to these new audiences. So it's not, you're not expected to know who these people are and what they're doing there. Uh, But like you learn who they are in the show. And then if you want to know more about them, you can go and dive into the bigger Star Trek universe, which it, it, it it's doing its job. That's what it's there for, you know, it, is to bring in the next generation of fans and the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Oh, Brittany, were you going to say something? No, I was just agreeing that uh, the show has done that. I've seen, you know, firsthand with some of my friends that have kids, you know, they, they've watched the show and then they want to go and watch Voyager or they want to go and watch Deep Space Nine. You know, they saw Trill in the last episode. Now they want to go and find out about them. It's it's really great that it, it is a show that has welcomed like this new younger generation into Star Trek. And that's coming from someone that I, I didn't even grow up my whole life watching Star Trek. You know, I saw some TNG when I was younger, saw the Kelvinverse films, and then only in the last few years have I actually sat down and watched like a ton, you know, other than DS9, which is my favorite that I watched in college. I'm really glad to hear that because that was the one thing that I asked about when Prodigy was announced and started airing and eventually made its way to Nickelodeon or announced that it will be on Nickelodeon. 
is I was very, very curious about how younger audiences would take to Star Trek Prodigy and the Star Trek franchise at large. And it sounds like it's doing exactly what it was intended to do, which is really, really cool in my opinion. And I know that I discovered Star Trek at a very young age when it was still a show that was essentially all ages. It it was fine for all ages, but it was a show with adults for adults. And seeing that this show is a kid's show for kids on Nickelodeon with guidance from one legacy Star Trek character, uh, I'm glad that it's working. Because I think it's important to be able to have those things that it's good to have parts of your franchise that reach out to different audiences. I think that's important and I think that's good for the life of a franchise. And I'm really glad that Star Trek Prodigy seems to be doing that and it looks like it's going to continue. Yep, definitely is. I think they already have... You know, you have the the other 10 episodes of this season. It's going to be, you know, 20 episode season. And then, you know, it's already going to be getting more seasons after that. At least one for sure. But I, I have no doubt that it's going to get multiple seasons. It's one of those good animated shows. Um, Have either of you seen anything about the ratings or how it's been doing on Nickelodeon? Have you seen or heard anything about it? Um, I haven't seen or heard anything, but I don't necessarily like follow Nickelodeon streaming to begin with. But I've just heard that it is well received by young audiences. But I think the majority are doing it through Paramount Plus. But I think all that's right. expected. Okay. 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 Well, yep. we're all we're all keeping our subscriptions up, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I borrowed Julian's subscription. <laughs> Be- because there's still so much more Star Trek to so come. So much new Trek. It's like the next two to three, three years out, just every week there's new Trek. So it's like, it's never ending. It's a good time. And good time. we're all going to have plenty to talk about on our respective podcasts. Let's move into upcoming business, shall we? And I- I'm hyped. For this, because I, I can honestly say that Star Trek Discovery has really become not just as a Star Trek show, not just as a sci-fi show, but it really has become appointment television for me. And I'm extremely excited for season four to continue. Heather, I, I will ask you, um, on a scale of one to turning into salamanders. Uh, what is your hype level for Star Trek Discovery coming back? 47. <laughs> hey. That's your threshold? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I just, I love Discovery so much. Uh, I, I've said this multiple times and I will continue to say say it. Like watching Discovery feels like coming back home to uh, a family I love and a nice big warm hug. And that sounds kind of ridiculous when you look at how dramatic the show can be at times, but I, I really, I love all of them so much and I can't wait to see where they're going from here in this last part of season four, because we have some crazy stuff that's going to happen, I think. And, and, and it's going to be, it's going to be interesting for sure. It will be. It will be. I will say for me, Discovery has become 
the first must-watch-as-soon-as-possible TV show since the the show that I was absolutely obsessed with for a while, Mr. Robot. And I'm still kind of obsessed show. with it. I, I was deeply in love with it. Just it That show was my everything for a while. I still want and people to wipe out our student loans the same way they did in that show. I'm like, come on. Yes, do that, it. that go, should be <laughs> like... I, I hope more hackers see that and, and get on that already. Yes, it absolutely should be. And and if there's another season of Mr. Robot, maybe that's what should happen. Uh, but Star Trek Discovery is 100% the, the next closest thing to Mr. Robot for me, and especially season four. Uh, Brittany, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the hype train for Star Trek Discovery, It's it continues to go. Yeah, I I love Star Trek Discovery and um I know some of the actors that are in that show and they're they're just they're great people. It's such a good show. Like amazing. I mean, we see the production value has gone up every season. Um I love David Ajala in this season and season 4 itself has been just really incredible. And and I've liked each season a little more than the previous, you know, as we've gone on. Um but yeah, it's I, I want to know what happens next. Like it, it was kind of hard when they went on this little hiatus because as much as I liked that, you know, Prodigy was coming back because I wanted to see a bit more. I'm like, well, what's going on? Like, I, I need to know. Are they going to destroy the anomaly? Is it going to hit another planet? Like, the suspense is killing me. Um, but yeah, I love I love my space gaze. I, I love the, the plot. I want to know, like, how Tilly's doing since she's left. I just I'm so invested in these characters that it's like you said, it's, you want to tune in every week to see what's going on. And especially the way some of these episodes end, you're like, oh, my God, we got to wait another week or sometimes a few days if you have screeners or something. But it's still it's still rough. The wait is rough. I am dying to see what's happening with book. I am increasingly fascinated by Tarka. Uh, He's not a good guy, but he's a fascinating and brilliant guy that I'm I'm very interested in. Uh, Saru and President Tarina. Uh, I'm I'm loving what's growing with those yes. two. Yes, the slow burn, not to be confused with the burn from last season. No, no. Yeah, Star Trek Discovery. It's going to be great. It continues to be great, and it is still not canceled. <laughs> yeah, right. That's always my favorite thing when when those Drekkies try to be like, oh, you know, Kurtzman, blah blah blah. It's all canceled. It's like there's been new Trek for years now. It's not ending. Go home. It. It, it, it started in, we are in year five now of what I am calling the Latinum age of Star Trek. We are yeah. now in year five. So, and uh, all the shows are not... doing really well. They're greenlighting everything. Like Lower Decks was incredible. It got a second season. That was already good too. So, uh. and, and then it got a third without yeah. the, yeah. And it, it's, we're just Star Trek guys, Star Trek. <laughs> And it's not going away. It's not going away. Okay, so most importantly, last but not least, Brittany, mm-hmm. you and the gang over at Strange New Pod are doing what you're calling Captain Picard Week. Uh, and it will be a celebration and festival uh, celebrating the return of Star Trek Picard and Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Uh Tell us a little bit about Captain Picard Week. Captain Picard Week comes from a place of love and the brilliant mind of Julian Brown. Um, 
one of our hosts of Strange New Pod. Um, he's always wanted to do a Star Trek, uh, like a pod festival. And since, you know, over the last year or so, we've, you know, met all you guys on the internet and have found a, a nice little group, we thought, hey, everybody loves Picard Day. What if we did a whole week, a Picard week for a festival? And uh, the response has been really great. Yeah, it's going to be the week leading up to the new episode of Picard that's going to, you know, start up the next season. I forget specifically what date that is. I probably should have wrote this down. Um, I've been busy, but um, it, the response has been amazing. Uh, we have a bunch of different people that have signed up, including you guys, um, to do episodes, you know, just shining a light on this wonderful captain that is Jean-Luc Picard. Um, so I can't wait to hear uh, what everybody talks about in their specific, you know, episodes of the show. And we also wanted it to be a way not only to talk about this great character as a community, but also, you know, bring other podcasts up. You know, uh, if if people listen to our show, but maybe haven't listened to another podcast, we're showing them, hey, here's another one that we like, or here's another one that we don't know about, but we heard, you know, a few other episodes and we want to give them a chance to, you know, hop on the train and just share the joy of Picard. And Star Trek Picard will be back before we know it, too. It's It's not that far away either. Heather, I'll ask you, just off the top of your head, uh, what are some of your favorite memories from Jean-Luc Picard? Oh, um, probably uh, just Picard's speeches, I think. Like, the, Patrick Stewart himself is just so eloquent, and he really brought that to the character of Picard. So there's so many moments throughout the next generation where uh, he just, he, he goes on a rant or a vent or an argument and it, he just comes off so eloquent and well-spoken and gets his point across in the best way possible. Um, and I think that's one of the things that have always stuck with me about Picard. I think that's great. Uh, I am most reminded of some of the early interactions with Q where he was defending humanity. Uh, for example, when they were discussing Shakespeare, what a piece of work is man? Mm-hmm. And specifically that one and so many, many others. Uh, we could talk about Jean-Luc Picard <laughs> ad infinitum. And I, I know Heather and I are definitely excited and honored to be a part of Captain Picard Week. And we're looking forward to it. And everyone else should look forward to it. There are going to be a bunch of other great Star Trek podcasts, including our own, being a part of Strange New Pods, Captain Picard Week. And I think that'll just about wrap it up for us. See? Fairly yeah. quick. Fairly quick. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us. Let everybody out there know what you've got going on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. This was an absolute delight. I like talking to you guys, and I'm very excited for you guys to join our podcast festival because, you know, we love you. We love your show. Um, For those that are listening who are not familiar with me, I am one of the co-hosts of A Strange New Pod. I usually make a ton of puns. Uh, Don't know if I did that many this episode, but, you know, I was a little more focused because when I'm a guest, I don't know. I feel weird. Um, But you can find me... Uh, anywhere on the internet as vocal tones, uh, since I'm also a voice actor. Um, so yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, whatever you kids like, YouTube, I'm on there as vocal tones. And then you can also, you know, check out a strange new pod. Once again, same thing on social media, strange new pod, uh, and our website, strangenewpod.com.
and they are a weekly podcast everybody they yeah. they are they they, they do not do the for two years <laughs> man i i did that for a while with some of my other podcasts the the weekly podcast is a grind it is an absolute grind especially it's, when it's Star fun Trek has not stopped they're just boom 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 new shows so one after the other it and... gives us a drive but sometimes we do get tired and we get goofy <laughs> And that is why you can listen to the Promenade Merchants podcast every two weeks in your pod catcher of choice. Self-care. Heather, Heather, we've got another episode. Uh, Let everybody know where they can find you and what you've got going on. Have you started that SVU podcast yet? No, because, you know, sometimes real life gets in the way. Uh, But, yeah. I'm still consi- we're we're still in the late early planning stages of it, and uh, my co-host for that when we do get things off the ground is actually the co-host of the Antimatter podcast, who is also going to be participating in the Captain Picard Festival. So, Yay! what a lots, small world! Yes, lots of awesome folks out there in the podcasting world, and I thank you again for having us and letting us participate because I am so excited to be a part of it. I think it's just awesome to, uh, to like really build up people in that way. So thank you again. And if anyone wants to follow me, you know where to find me at nerdy gal 33 on Twitter. As you should, Heather changes her profile picture every month to a great woman in fiction and sci-fi, and it is awesome, and Heather is a great follow. I highly recommend. And once again, follow us on Twitter at PromTrekPod. Send us an email at PromenadeTrekPod at gmail.com. Listen to the Promenade Merchants podcast every two weeks in your podcatcher of choice. Thank you all for listening, and until next time... Live long and sensors. Sense